Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a brand new podcast of In Off the Bar with myself, Nick James, and Cameron Chill. Hi, Hi, guys. How are we doing? Um, yeah, brand new podcast, Nick. It's um, it's a weird one. We're not not together, but uh, I think this Zoom call might work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's exciting to get started, mate, and uh, looking forward to it. Coming up on tonight's show, guys. Um, so we're looking back on the North London derby. Uh, we're going to review the game, um, maybe give some some of our favourites from the previous seasons. Um, we're looking at the top four and the bottom three race uh, in the Premier League, where um, obviously it's hotting up with the run-in coming up very soon and the last sort of 10 games of the season. And uh, we're going to touch on, obviously, one of those teams sacking their manager, Chrissy Wilder, and uh, who's sort of fitted for that job in, uh, well, inevitably in the championship for Sheffield next season. So, uh, yeah, jumping straight in, Nick, uh, the North London derby on the, on the weekend. London is officially oh. red after that lovely Brilliant, performance mate. from the Arsenal. Um, God, God, it felt good, didn't it? It felt good, mate. I'm still buzzing now, to be fair. Um, great performance. Um, and Mikel Arteta, you know, set it all out right from the off, didn't he? You know, leaving out the captain. Um, and we just started on the front foot from the first whistle. Played some great football, you know, hit the post a couple of times. Um what a goal from Lamella, obviously, that sort of set us back. But then, you know, we responded in the best way and uh, got the goal for Odegaard and, um, and then kicked on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, it's a classic Arsenal fashion, isn't it? Like, we controlled the first, well, I would say the whole game, actually. Um, and even before when Spurs scored, we were uh, dominant. And uh, they yeah, score a- an absolutely wonderful... Oh, we have to hold your hands up and say that. Obviously, we we both hate Spurs. A lot of Arsenal fans hate Spurs for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it was a great goal. And, you know, I thought that could have maybe deflated us because they had one shot on target and have scored one goal from it. But, you know, we came back really well. And I thought the whole intensity from the from the side that day was really good. And uh, that whole attacking philosophy that Arteta's put in place um, really, really worked. And Mourinho had no answer for that. And, you know, I guess... Uh, the apprentice, uh, the apprentice won. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. His record against the top six managers is is very good. Um, and yeah, as you say, we um, we controlled large parts of the game um, until really Spurs went down to ten men in that last 10-15 minutes. You know, where I don't know whether it's just sort of a natural thing where teams they start to you know play better and pile forward. That's sort of nothing to lose attitude. Um, and we we struggled, you know, we were panicking. It was like the old Arsenal, you know, the defence looked shaky. Um, and then he took off Lacazette, so we had no striker, and it just invited pressure. Um, but thankfully, um, you know, we hung on and uh, got a big win. You have um, to admit that um, if Arsenal would have lost that game, how big of an impact that decision to leave Aubameyang out would have had on Arteta and also on on the club, I guess, because um, it was a massive decision. Um, and I think that yeah. I think that well, in the end, it paid off. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a massive believer that Lacazette will be at the club next season. Um, I think, yeah, he's he's a very lazy player. He just doesn't have any movement. So obviously, we do need Aubameyang, and that decision to leave him out was was a was a big one um and i think that you know luckily it paid off but it could have been a bad could have been a bad call for for arteta and the club as i said yeah and as you say with lacazette i mean 
he does he does a lot of good things though in, in the game when when we do play those sort of creative players behind him. He's very good at holding it up. Probably plays better as the lone man instead of a Bamiang. But obviously Oba with his with his finishing inside the box is a lot better. Um, but yeah, I think potentially um, Arteta may look to move Aubameyang, you know, more into the wider area um, in the remaining games potentially, and keep Laka down the middle. Uh, but there's a lot of options in that attacking up front. So let's see. There how it is, goes. yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, the rotation's been quite key this season. Um, you know, we're, we're, it seems as though we're prioritising Europa League at the moment, which is the obvious decision to make. Um, but I think that. The fact that we're not seeing Martinelli is a, is a bit of a strange one. Um, young talent, lot a lot of um, ability as we've seen, uh, but yeah, he's not he's not been given that opportunity. I have seen in the last few days that we're trying to convert him into that number ten, which would be uh, uh, sorry that number nine, which would be a great decision I think to play through the middle. Um, and yeah, yeah, hopefully you know he's a raw finisher, probably arguably one of our better ones at the club. So I think that that would be a good decision again. Well, I think they're just being careful with him as well because he had that knee injury, didn't he? And, yeah, true. You know, he was brought back quite quickly, played a few games, um, but it looks like they're working on him. And, he, you know, he's one for the future for sure, isn't he? And if, if he can play down the middle more, you know, we might not need to go out and spend £50 million on a on a new striker in the summer. We could reinvest the money, you know, in other areas of the pitch where we probably need more uh, reinforcements. I think certainly... I think another midfielder, potentially, if we don't keep Ceballos on, um, you know, is Almene good enough? He's a good squad player. But I think midfield still with Partey. And I mean, Jack has been has been pretty solid. And mm. at the back as well, we're going to need to going to need to sort that out. Obviously, left back, we've only got Tierney, so we need some more competition there. So, so yeah, so that could be a good uh, good move there to try and get Marcelli more down the middle. Yeah, I agree. We definitely need to make those reinforcements elsewhere. Um, because I don't think scoring goals are issue. I think, you know, defensively, it has been an issue for the last few years. You know, under Emery, we were leaking goals and, OK, Arteta sh- shored us up a little bit. But, you know, we have been poor, I think, at times. And, you know, the, it's just the silly mistakes that we're making. But it's by players that probably aren't good enough uh, to progress under Arteta because of, of this, the way that he wants to play. And I think, yeah, we just need to offload those as quickly as possible. Um, and hopefully, yeah, we'll, we'll have a good a good window coming up, and we can bring in the right players. A midfielder would be good next to Partey. That would be that be some saucy little midfield if we can get someone decent in there, couldn't it? Mm. Well, and there's yeah talk as well of maybe Odegaard staying on. You know, whether it's a loan or uh, that would be great transfer. business. To be fair, um, you know, he's started to really kick on the last couple of games, and with oh, yeah, massively. as well, that creativity. Those technical players in behind the front front man is 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 really looking good now. Well, that's important, isn't it? Um, would would you put uh, Sunday's performance in um, and sort of the result in, as itself in in the uh, one of your top Arsenal and favourite Arsenal uh, and Tottenham North London derbies? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously, the without the fans there, it isn't the same. That sort of that passion and the the real atmosphere at the ground, but. Um, I think in terms of, of where we've come this season to where we are now, um, I think we, you know, we've, we've improved. Um, and, and that game was sort of a marker to say that, you know, have we turned a corner? Um, but in terms of up there with the best North London derbies, um, probably not. But I think in terms of 
the importance of that result for this season, what it could do in terms of for the Europa League campaign and for the rest of the league games, it could be huge, yeah. Yeah, it was a massive, massive uh, result and a victory. Um, I mean, for me, I, I still have to say that the uh, 4-2 result back in 2018 was uh, probably one of my favourite Arsenal games. I was fortunate to go to that. Um, and, you know, the fact we went a goal up very early um, and then Tottenham were 2-1 up by half time, and it just felt so good, us coming back from behind in the North London derby, seeing that white wall in the in the Emirates going quiet mm. after after us going ahead and and obviously once they had that red card again in that game it, you know we were dominant and singing our hearts out for the lads as, as we do you know <laughs> there's been some great games down the years mate, hasn't there um, Arsenal Tottenham it's always goals um, yeah we won't touch on uh, the games that we didn't win but uh, that obviously that 4-4 <laughs> four, four one was uh, was uh, four, terrible four, yeah, from I us remember but... that 5-4 uh, at the lane Perez and Burkamp. Henri. Yeah, that was a that was some game. Um, that that was some game. Um, and then the game as well, what I think, where we won three one, where Fabregas and Adebayor scored a couple of absolute screamers in the top bins. Uh, it was another great result. Um, but yeah, that's how we can kick on now, mate. Yeah, well, going back to the importance from from Sunday's result. So we so we're now looking at the sort of the top four going into that. Um, you know, we're now seven points off of West Ham in fifth and we're ten points off of Chelsea in fourth. Um I'm not saying it's a possibility that we'll get top four, but we can definitely push for Europa again in, in, in terms of finishing in those positions this season. I mean obviously if we do get better then great, but you know we need to be realistic here. Um you know we're four points off of Spurs now. Um played the same amount of games as well. So I think that, that it's really important now that obviously that victory would have put us seven points behind them with with 10 to go. So, yeah, I guess it's really important. But in terms of the top four, Nick, it's kind of inevitable now that Man City are going to win the league uh, with the squad that they have. Um, what's your take on the other three positions? Well, I really like Leicester City this season. I really like Brendan Rodgers. I think he's a great manager. Uh, he has his teams well set up. They play good football, there's goals in them, you know, they work hard. Um, so I'm, I think Leicester will certainly be up there. I think they'll be in the top four. Uh, Man United as well, although they haven't really played great in games, but you know they've always popped up with wins, uh, winning ugly really a lot of the time, United. And then fourth is going to be it's going to be between Chelsea and West Ham, I'd say. Um, I think Chelsea under Tuchel looks stronger at the back. They're not conceding silly goals like they were under Lampard. Um, so I would go with City, Leicester, United and Chelsea as my top four. I think for Arsenal, I think for us, we've just got to look to just as win as many games as we can now between now and the end of the season, finish as high as possible and really look to get in through the back door with the Europa League yeah. and then build on that, have a good summer and then come again next year. Yeah, for sure. I think I think momentum's key, obviously, if, if we're looking at the latter stages of Europa League. Um, obviously, the game tomorrow night now. Um, yeah, I think it's really important uh, that we get that momentum going into those games um, and obviously rotating where we need to. But yeah, I think, I, I think, yeah. What would your yeah, top four be? How would you, what would you, um, who would you have in that? It's, it's it's so difficult to to call, isn't it? Because everyone's beating everyone at the moment, and like I think no, there's no real away game, is there? Like you know, you, there's more. There's probably been more victories this season when they're away from home than they are at home. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Man City top, obviously. 
don't know. United have been pretty good, I think, this season. They've been quite consistent. Uh, they're not really leaking too many goals at the moment. So, yeah, you've probably got to put them in there. Um, I'm with you on Leicester as well. I think they've been they've been really good. Um, you know, Brendan Rodgers, great manager. Um, and I think he's definitely improved them. Uh, and, yeah, I think that the, they've got a very good uh, club ethos of bringing in and bringing through youth players and giving those the opportunity. And obviously we're seeing that with those players like Madison Barnes, um, James Justin as well, all English, which is good and promising for the future. Um, But yeah, Leicester have been pretty good. I just worry about Leicester that they've, um, they have like two very good games and then they sort of go on like a two or three game run where they don't win or they they don't score. Last season, didn't they? Where they imploded really at the end. Yeah. Um, And you feel like Rogers maybe. You know, won't let that happen again this season. Um, they look at the weekend and they just seem a bit more consistent. I think they've got a better squad this year. They yeah, signed true. well last summer. Um, but Fofana looks good at the back. Um, they've just got just got a bit more depth. And, and Ian Nacho as well, you know, coming in and scoring. What a player. <laughs> Taking the burden off, off Vardy. Um, hey, to be fair, I've always rated him. I thought he was very good at City. And again, it, you know, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to get into a city team and, and, and be a standout player, I guess, isn't it? Because that, that everyone around you is so good. Um, in actual, I thought it was quite good for City, but um, yeah, he's obviously joined Leicester and it's not really worked out to, for him to, to start with. But you know, Vardy's not firing, and he's he's come in and he's he's scoring goals for them now, which is mm. which is obviously what all Leicester fans would uh, would like to see. Um, so from the top four, then, mate, to the bottom three, who are you having going down this season? Well, I think, I think we've obviously it's going to go right to the wire. I think this one. Yeah, I do. I think I think Sheffield United are, are gone already, and you know we'll touch on the fact that they don't have a manager in a bit. But um, yeah, I think they're gone already. Fourteen is it? Fourteen points there, and I think yeah, fourteen points. Um, Something like that. Worst, worst on record. It's not good. Uh, they've got nine games to to find 15 points from somewhere and that's providing that Newcastle then don't win. <laughs> I think they, um, they're just better than that Derby team that one year. Um, yeah, yeah, true. I think they had 11 points. Um, like in Robbie Savage, those times. Robbie Savage, <laughs> yeah. Um, thing is, Big Sam's always always renowned for keeping teams up. I just don't think he can keep this West Brom team up. They've leaked too many goals this season. Again, they probably don't score enough. Um, and in the Premier League, it is about being pretty solid at the back and being able to be that threat in, the, in front of goal. And, and, you know, Norwich had that issue last season, kind of Bournemouth as well, uh, where they conceded too many goals and weren't scoring, you know. Um, for me, I really like Fulham. Um, I really like Scotty Parker, nice young manager, um, and I think they play some nice football. Um, it's just whether that playing that attractive style with the players he has is going to work. And obviously, at the moment, it's not. Um, I don't know. I think Newcastle could go down. You know, I, I hate to say it, they're such a big club, aren't they? But I, I just think well, they they might. Yeah. They flirted, um, haven't they, with, with relegation the last few seasons? And, for far too know. long. They shouldn't be down there. They shouldn't be down there, but no. I don't know what's going on there. Um, they, They're they a just... sleeping giant, mate. You know, they should be in that top eight. Um, you know, but it all stems from the from the owner, doesn't it? At the end of the day, he's not ambitious. He's happy with the, the steady eddies as managers and the yes men. Yep. And Bruce is that man. And, and unfortunately... 
you know, the results just have been pretty, pretty poor. So They've, they made a huge mistake to get rid of Rafa a few years back. And, and to be fair, I think that Steve Bruce is very, very lucky that he still has a Newcastle job this season. I, I, mm. I think he should have lost his job months ago. But do you um, think Benitez, I mean, Benitez is a good manager. He's got a good record, but again, it's sort of managers that have, They've had their, you know, their career. I feel like Newcastle need like a hungry, dynamic manager, like an Eddie Howe. I think would be perfect. For I Newcastle. guess, but With the argument money there would backing money-wise, you know, yeah. I feel like they could kick on. But they seem to go for managers that I don't know. You sort of your second-rate managers that maybe had their time. Yeah, and they've already done it. I, I just worry that you know someone like Eddie Howe coming here, who's a, who's a very good manager, and you know he he needs to be considered. For, the, for what he did at Bournemouth, he needs to be considered for, for a nice, a good good Premier League job, you know. Um, and I, I think Newcastle could work for him, but I worry that a young, good manager like himself would come in and it, not that it would ruin his career, but in terms of Newcastle, the, the owner not giving him what he wants and effectively as a manager, that's what you need, isn't it? You need to have the funds to and the support from, from the owners to, to be able to bring in what the players that you want that will suit the way you play. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because if they do go down, whether Ashley does sack Bruce or Astor, you know, Astor, goes before the end of the season, it's, it's going to go to the wire. Um, I think Fulham play Newcastle, don't they? They do, yeah. Last day of the season. Oof, that could Fulham be a big one. Fulham, you feel like Fulham have got the momentum a little bit out of those three, Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle. I mean, Brighton shouldn't be down there because they've played played some great football, you know, just haven't got a natural goal scorer to put the ball in the net. Um, but they've been drawn in. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I think I've just got a feeling Newcastle might go down, mate. Yeah, and I think, again, with yeah, Fulham... Um, Fulham's issue this season has been that they haven't been able to beat teams. So, so they've drawn 11 games out of their 29 that they've had this season, which is quite a lot um, considering the teams around them have, have drawn, you know, West Brom have drawn uh, nine and Newcastle have drawn seven. So um, I think that's quite a lot also in terms of, uh, you know, teams in, in the league and stuff. So I, I think their issue has been that they haven't been able to beat teams. Um, so I worry that, you know, when they're picking up points here and there are the teams around them getting through um, but yeah I mean Newcastle for me they just I don't know what they can do they're not scoring goals and they're leaking too many yeah well they've been relying on Callum Wilson he has been a good signing this season but without his goals you know Andy Carroll's passed it now Joe Linton hasn't made the cut in the Premier League and you're looking for other players like at Maximum and you know the other guys in midfield but again they've not done it either and they can't keep a clean sheet. Um, so they've just been dragged right down in that. Classic Newcastle, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. since they had their glory days and and playing really well and they were up there the whole time, they a couple of bad seasons and they they've just dropped away, haven't they? And I, I it's it's just always it's just always them as well. Like it just always is. They they always yeah. they might start the season well and then they just peel away. Or they just end up having a crap season and finishing down there, you know. It's just mm. classic Newcastle. Um, but obviously, yeah, we've we've Sheffield United. They're they're down, aren't they? Uh, what what have you made of that decision um, uh, of sacking Chris? Well, no, actually, they didn't sack him. Uh, mutual consent of Chris Wilder. He's he's now gone. 
Yeah, I mean, it hasn't hasn't worked out at all, has it, this season? They were so good last season, you know, really hard to beat. Um, you know, they got goals, uh, kept a lot of clean sheets. And this season, it's just, it's just highlighted really that, you know, they've got a lot of sort of championship kind of base players within their squad. Um, I don't feel like, I feel that the, the signing of Brewster, you know, he spent a lot of money on him and hasn't really featured a lot. And he's still raw, um, isn't he? Yeah, I think he, he's needed more game time. And a lot of the, the post-match interviews and the, and the interviews before with Chris Wilder, you sort of sensed that he kind of knew he was going to go. You know, he was he was sort of beaten beaten before the, it was, you know, the game had kicked off. Um, and that's never a good sign. So whether it was the right decision now, I mean, you feel like they're, they're looking to, they know they're down, they're looking to build again for next season. Be interesting to see who does come in. Yeah. Um, I think I can. There's a caretaker manager at the minute, Jason Tindall. Is yeah, there he's, he's been linked to it massively. Uh, he was at Bournemouth, wasn't he, with Eddie Howe? Yeah. Um, so, let's see. I mean, uh, you know, they were so close last season to getting into Europe. Uh, talk about getting them into the top four at one point last season. Um, but, no, they've really <laughs> sort of, it is definitely that second season syndrome. Was that, was that Wilder that said that? I don't know if it was Wilder. He was probably down the pub. Classic delusional uh, fan, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. he oh, no, I don't know. Um, I Yeah, I mean, Jason Tindall's done done a very good job as an assistant to Eddie Howe, hasn't he? Um, and obviously did, did what was it, half the season this season with Bournemouth. Um, and obviously it didn't work out for him because they weren't, performing on the pitch but yeah he would be a good manager to have and in terms of uh, rebuilding and sort of restructuring the club uh, and bringing in a new identity to the club it could be a good good manager to, to, to bring in um, I was looking at Danny Cowley you know um, I really like Danny Cowley uh, he, obviously he's, yeah, he's, he's come from non-league hasn't yeah. he and did an excellent job at Lincoln um, did an excellent job at Huddersfield I thought as well Um Obviously, again, it didn't work out for him, but yeah, I think he would be an excellent manager for them again for the same same process, really, uh, of bringing through those younger players in terms of rebuilding the club. Um, and it's like you said, the players they've had haven't been good enough this season, and it's been a lot of older players. Um, you know, you look at your likes of Chris Chris Basham, like that bloke we used to be playing for Blackpool, didn't he, back in when they were in the Premier League? <laughs> um, He's forty five, isn't he now? Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I only worry like, I have with Sheffield United is, is, is if they do go with a younger manager, you know, you feel like a club of that will have the ambition to to bounce straight back. You know, Jason Tindall, he's only been a number two. You know, would you be confident in him getting them straight back up? That is true. But then you look at obviously raw managers and, and, and other sort of, I mean, I say like ex-pros that are now coming into to manage clubs as well. You know, you could say arguably that Lampard was a bit raw when he went into Derby as well uh, and obviously got the job at Chelsea straight away after um, and the same with Gerard going into Rangers uh, so mm. I guess you know you, you need to give Lampard, these yeah, yeah with Lampard and Gerard, I think they, they got those jobs on reputation more didn't they really because yeah, yeah, there's no doubt in Jason Tindall's a good coach and he would probably do a good job um, and I think yeah for Lampard it was a good learning curve at Derby and I think the Chelsea job was too soon, but he's never going to turn that down, is he? 
No, no, yeah, of course it's Gerard's not. It's done. Club Gerard's done the right thing, going to like a Rangers and building an experience, successful, you know, working with top players. And then, you know, you, you can see him at Liverpool later down the line. So I'm going to give you uh, five names here of, of managers that are sort of at the top of the betting uh, order in terms of the Sheffield United job. Okay, so I've got Michael Appleton, currently at Lincoln. Um, what do you think about him? Yeah, but he's been around quite a few clubs, hasn't he? He was at Portsmouth and, you know, he's had a fair few jobs. Um, I think Sheffield United, they need to go for someone who's, who's got that experience of getting teams out of the championship, personally. If yeah. I was the owner of Sheffield United, I'd be looking at, um, you know, someone who can, who can get them straight back up. Um, you know, I mean, Mick McCarthy's done a great job at Cardiff. You know, someone who's got previous experience of getting teams back up. It's just such a boring way of playing, though, isn't it? Like oh, he's just renowned for a long ball. I just, I just yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all forgiving these younger managers a chance, just as I am with the with the players as well. And you know, you, you look at Paul Heckenbottom, who's, I believe, he was the assistant to Wilder, wasn't he? And who's done a, I think he's done the last couple of games. Uh, Neil yeah. Lennon's next on this list. Eddie Howe, Danny Cowley. Uh, those are the top five names. And I mean, out of those, in terms of experience I'd be giving it to Neil Lennon but I don't think I want to see him in the Prem <laughs> um, yeah. well yeah I, I mean you feel like he he's gonna look at a club you know in England now to to rebuild his sort of career yeah. after his second stint at Celtic um, didn't work so yeah why not why not give him the chance um, or an Eddie Howe you know who's got experience of getting Bournemouth into the Premier League and then keeping Bournemouth in the Premier League for a number of years that, that would be a shrewd appointment if they went for Eddie Howe. And it might be one that he fancies. Well, that would be the important thing for them if they do go down, which is looking very likely now. Um, can they come straight back up? And I think, as we've said and as we've discussed, it's, it's so important that you get that consistency right amongst the manager and how, how the team play. And I think you need to bring in the right guy. And he, for me, he would be my, my one of my picks um, for that job. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he would take it because I think he's probably better than Sheffield United. Um, I'd be looking at sort of a mid-prem team for him because um, yeah. he's a very good manager and he's proved that. Um, so I reckon I wonder if they will stick with Tyndall, who's obviously worked under Howe. So that could be a very sensible decision to make with that one, really. Um, I think um, what they've got to do, though, Sheffield United, is they've got to keep that core group together, you know, move on some of the older players. Talk about Chris Basham, <laughs> you know, get, get some younger players in. You know, sort of get Brewster playing. You know, he'll score goals for fun in the championship like he did with Swansea when he was on loan there. Um, so I find it very yeah. funny that they have probably about 10 million strikers, yet they can't score a goal. <laughs> uh, well, that's it, isn't it? Billy Sharp, McBurney. Uh, they have Goldrick. Brewster, you know, <laughs> Burke. <Yeah. laughs> they have uh, McGoldrick, yeah, of course, and Moussa. Good. That's six straight away six. that you know can play. Still can't <laughs> they still can't literally. What they are probably hitting the bar, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you've got players like John Flack, you know, and Lundstrom providing them, they're not. You know, they need. I think they need some better midfield players and and some better better defenders. Really, uh, Sheffield United. Yeah. So and I think as well, another thing with Sheffield United is they missed. I feel like Henderson on loan from United last season was so solid. Yeah. Because um, Ramsdale. Hasn't been, uh, hasn't been convincing for me. 
No, I mean, he went down with Bournemouth last season, didn't he? So, yeah, well, exactly. Um, and they leaked a lot of goals. I'm not saying that he's a bad goalkeeper, but, you know, yeah, they have missed Henderson and that's kind of shown. I think he probably saved them quite a lot of points last season. Well, earned them a lot of points last season, didn't he? Because they kept quite a few clean sheets. Um, yeah, and it shows now that it wasn't necessarily the defence. It might have been down to him and the way that, you know, the way that they play. But I guess... And I know a lot of people that did predict them to go down this season because of how expansive they are and teams just can play against that now because it's so so one-dimensional, I guess. There's no other way of playing. It's just that let's push everyone forward and then they just counter. And obviously it's worked so well for teams this season that they're just conceding too many goals and you won't ever stay in the Premier League if you're conceded five goals against Leicester if you're conceding loads and loads here and there. But So obviously with those teams going down, the question would be, who's coming up from the championship? <laughs> well, it's getting exciting that championship. You know, you're talking about Bournemouth with Eddie Howe and, and Tindall, you know, their old team are doing well. You've got Brentford, who are really good, play some nice football. We're unlucky last season in the playoffs. And Norwich as well. You know, those three would be my picks, I think, this season to come up. Um and Swansea as well. They're another one sort of floating on the outside who, again, have played some good football this season. Such a difficult manager. league, isn't it? It's, it's a very difficult league. Very difficult league to predict, you know, in terms of scores. You know, you're doing your Super 6 before the game. <laughs> you get a lot of championship teams in there. They throw a spanner in the works, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look Stoke City are in there. They're currently mid-table. You know, they should be, well, they arguably should be a Premier League side and they should be challenging in the championship and it's not worked out for whatever reason for for them but yeah Norwich are running away with it um, and I think Watford will go up as well they're, I think they're very yeah they're four points clear of Swansea at the moment in um, in third yeah, so Watford, I think I think Watford would be dangerous if, if they're in the playoffs you fancy Watford to be in and amongst that and Norwich like, like I said with, with Sheffield United needed to keep that core group of players together. Norwich have kept a lot of their players they had last season. You know, Pukki, uh, Barbuena, um, Todd Campwell. You know, those three have been their key important players this season. Max Adams yeah. as well, he's been linked with a lot of top clubs. Uh, you know, they've kept a lot of their core group together and, and, and they've, they've been consistent. It's all about being consistent in the Championship. Because is, anyone and- can beat anyone on their day in that league. Yeah. And Norwich have been consistent, but also they've got that added spark up top to get them the goals. But then they did struggle in the in the Prem last season with those players. So I wonder, yeah, okay, they, they've come yeah. down and they've banged goals just like they did when they went up um, and they won the championship that season. I wonder that if they go up, what do they have to do in the Premier League differently that didn't work last time? Well, I think last season, you know, Norwich under Daniel Farke have always played expansive football, you know, and they tried to do that in the Premier League, but you can't do that all the time. They were doing that week in, week out, yeah. even against the better sides. You've got to try and adapt and change your tactics a little bit, you know, to be more solid. Because, yeah. you know, you just get steamrolled, don't you, really? Those sort of sides that have just come up, try and play really. Like, do you remember Blackpool back in, you know, under Ian Holloway? <laughs> the classic days. DJ Campbell. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. You know, they, they had a go, didn't they? You know, they scored goals, but, you know, they'd win games, or they, sorry, they'd lose games, you know, 4-3 or whatever, or 3-2. Um, 
But you, you can't do that to stay in the Premier League if you've just come up. You know, you've got to be so like Sheffield United were last season. You know, yeah, for sure. Defensively I... strong, well organised, and like Sean Dyche has done and kept Burnley up in the Prem, is that they're, they're tough to beat. They, if they win, they win one 0 Yeah. If they lose, they very rarely get hammered, do they, Burnley? Yeah, true. They're always in a game, Burnley. And, and I think, yeah, no, Dyche has done really well with them. And I, I think that's what it's about in the Prem. You know, you stay up that, that season, a bit like Villa did, stayed up last season, and they've been able to progress and bring in players this season, get the backing from from the owners, all of that, and sell players that they need to. And they can bring in some some better players to improve the club and actually solidify themselves as a Premier League side. So for me, I think if Norwich go up, they need to do that as well. They can still play this way that they want to play, but they need to obviously have those solid players. Um, and I think obviously they were weak defensively in the Prem. Again, when Borough came up that season, they were really weak in the Prem uh, because they were poor defensively. Um, and, you know, these teams then don't score enough goals. Uh, and that's, I guess that's the difference between a Premier League and a Championship side. Um is because you know you you, you yeah. need to be solid defensively and you need to score goals. That's that's how you that's and, how you stay and, up. And being able to adapt, you know, yeah. I feel like you know the teams need to be able to adapt more. The game's changing. You know, managers go on game by game basis. You know how they can nullify the opposition in games, or if you're going to play this, try and play the same way week in week out, then you know you're always going to concede quite a few goals, especially if you just come up. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the championship is a is a massive league to get out of. And obviously when you do, um, especially through the playoffs, you get that massive paycheck, don't you, um, of, of the playoff final. So um, I'm just looking at the league now. And I think that, yeah, as I said, Norwich and Watford probably will secure it. And you've got Swansea, Brentford, Reading and currently Barnsley as that other four places. And, I, you know, I might say that maybe Bournemouth and potentially Cardiff based on form would come into that. Um, but out of Swansea, Brentford, you know, Reading and say Bournemouth, for me, it has to be Brentford, really. Uh, they've mm. been there, they've done it and they didn't yeah. quite get the T-shirt, did they? They're going to be determined again this season, you know, to, to get back up. Uh, got a nice new stadium, decent manager, Ivan Tony up top scoring the goals, play some nice football. And, you know, I think they'd be a, a great addition to the Premier League. Yeah, they'd be a bit like the Leeds and, and the Fulham in terms of the style of football they play. But again, yeah. you know, Leeds have been very expansive, but I guess they've brought in quality. Um, they've had that back in, haven't they? And they've brought in quality to help improve the club and improve the play, the players so that they can definitely stay in the Premier League. And I, I think they'll be able to stay in there for a while now. Um, so, yeah, if those teams come up, they've got to have that approach, I think. And Brentford have had a new stadium, didn't they? I think, is it just from this season that they that new stadium oh, was built? Season. Yeah. yeah, so that it's a Premier League stadium. They, you know, they need to be in there, and I think they have the players and probably the backing to do that. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens come come May. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there has to be Watford, Norwich, and probably Brentford for me, just based on form at the moment. Well, thanks, Nick. It's been great from the first episode today. Um, yeah, we'll enjoyed be- it, mate. It's been great. We'll be back soon, guys, with another edition. Um, we will have our first guest on next week, which will be brilliant. Um, and it'll be great to, for you guys to give us a give us a little follow and, and a little listen as well. Um, but thanks for listening, as I said, and all the best.